Hello and welcome to episode 190 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. We're uh, getting close to 200. We are indeed, aren't we? Like 10 episodes away now. Yeah, Um, every time you say I'm like, whoa, hang on, that's like yeah. Yeah, which I think would be like mid-June. Um, mm. So yeah, we're going to have to figure that one out. Because we should do something really, right? Like we can't just have it as Let's a, just hope we can works. celebrate by going outside, hey? I was going to say, like, that would be awesome if it was just any theatrical release for the show <laughs> at this point. Incredible. Um, like, it's been such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things, but it's already going to be that first movie that we get to watch in the cinema. It's just going to be like, I don't even care what it is. I just cannot wait. Yeah, um, but we've spent years of the podcast, like, looking forward to that next movie. And even if it's like a month away, we yeah. know that date. We just don't know the date we're next going to see a movie at the cinema. Yeah, it's super, super weird. Um, and of mm. course, yeah, we do have some of that stuff in the news, which we'll get to. Of course we do. <laughs> um, but yeah, this week we were talking about Bloodline, um, a little movie that you may or may not have heard of at this point. Um, Where would you have heard of it from? Well, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of reasons why this was on our radar. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to all that good stuff when we talk about reviewing the movie. Um but yeah, kicking off the news this week, um, unfortunately, there's some more sad news, um, and this isn't to do with the sort of current uh, virus slash lockdown situation, um, but uh, unfortunately, over the past week, uh, one Stuart Gordon passed away. Um, of course, we kind of uh, talked about his movies a lot very recently, actually, mm. um, because for me anyway, I had never seen Reanimator or From Beyond until this year. Um, it was this year, wasn't it, when I was talking about them on the show? Or was it la- late last year? Late last year, earlier this oh, okay. year, one, right. one or the other. Yeah, it was recently, within the last six months. Yeah, and um, yeah, we talked about it and obviously like loved Reanimator so, so much, yeah. and we talked about that a lot. And um, yeah, it's just another unfortunate passing, really, where we just get so many of these now. We- we've unfortunately Ooh. had to cover a few of these for the podcast, and it's another stark reminder that these guys aren't going to be here forever, unfortunately. No, no, true. Um, and it is just like... Uh, you know these these AE icons. You know mm. that that are you know getting up there in years. It is very sad. And obviously, this guy, like the you know Reanimator alone, is just yeah. like fantastic. It's just um, did he do the second one as well? No, he didn't. No, no, I didn't think he did. Yeah, um, and um, you know, having us both recently discovered that movie, and you mm. know, I discovered it about a year ago, probably, and like. Or not discovered it but watched it for the first time and uh it still holds up today it's absolutely fantastic yeah. like it's a true great 80s horror movie yeah for sure i think that's obviously the the thing to kind of remember obviously is like the great thing is that these movies will live on forever and we can continue to enjoy them and that's what's great about us we discovered them recently and there'll still be Ooh. other people that will still discover these movies in years to come and we'll still be able to enjoy them which is awesome um but of course like these great people that make these are not going to be around forever and it is just a reminder to cherish them as much as you can and enjoy them while you still can and obviously if you have a favorite direct director or creator of any form really just always let them know how much of a fan you are of them because there will be a day when you sadly can't say that to them um so yeah appreciate it while you can did you Um, ever check out dolls no, I have it. No, uh, I still have it. Up though, the Blu-ray. Yeah. Yes, I still have it, and it's it's been, it's been on my like go-to. <laughs> I, I, there, I have watched some stuff, which we'll get to at the end of the show. Um, but that is one. Yeah, that's been on my backlog for a while because mm-hmm. I kind of like as soon as I obviously watched Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, sadly the third Reanimator movie, and then I kind of watched <laughs> From Beyond and um, yeah. really dug that as well. And 
yeah, I remember immediately picking up dolls, so I'll have to definitely watch that for sure. Um, but yeah, moving on to uh, th- this next news story is kind of, it's not hugely important, but the only reason why I put it on here is obviously there's a couple of movies that we missed at the start of the year, um, which obviously with this kind of a lot of movies getting moved around right now and postponed indefinitely, we are going to have a chance to kind of pick up the ones that we missed at the start of the year. Um and this one is about Fantasy Island. Um, oh, yeah, forgot, forgot that movie existed. Yeah, it was, it was one of those ones where it got a very small theatrical release in the UK. Um, and we there was at least one other movie we wanted to see more that week. So we just didn't bother watching it. Um, but it is apparently arriving on digital April 14th. Um, so just a couple of weeks away. Um, so we'll probably get to it then. And it's apparently got a theatrical uh, edition and an unrated edition is coming out on the same day. Um okay. So basically, I think the director had promised a kind of slightly edgier cut of the R-rated version, um, and that seems like it is coming as well. So maybe that'll be better when we get to watch it. Who knows? Um, I mean, it needs to not be one of these premium ones. I'm not going to lie. I, I do not want to be covering it. I forgot to pay <laughs> premium dollar for it. Yeah, I didn't put it in the news, but it was funny that I saw that um, Brahms, The Boy 2, is getting a quote-unquote premium streaming release. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, that basically got its the whole theatrical run in. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I think uh, it's it's interesting because obviously we talk about so many different movies at so many different levels and yeah. like, oh, that's worth a streaming watch. And I think it is that the, the money you have in the game, you know, the um when when we used to have such a thing called cinemas um (laughs) you know that the effort of going to the cinema and and the risk and reward of that like it is important to highlight and i think this premium download is now another kind of barrier to entry 100% yeah when we talk about recommendations in particular there's like you have to take that in consideration Mm. like yeah is it on a streaming service you already pay for is it a premium subscription or is it just in cinemas right now Mm. um but yeah, it's worth noting, obviously, so hopefully we'll get to see that. The other two were The Turning, which again, was it came out the same day as The Grudge in this country and was in cinemas for like yeah. less than a week. Um, and I don't know anything about that one. And then the other one that's super weird was um, Gretel and Hansel from like January, oh, which yeah. was like on my radar. <laughs> and it, it only got a small theatrical release in the US and that was it and seemed like it just disappeared off the face of the earth. And we're now coming into April by the time you guys are listening yeah. to this podcast and there's no information about it digitally whatsoever all all three of those movies kind of came into our cinema and disappeared yeah. within a week i don't even know if they had seven days worth of screening the other two yeah we um, didn't even get growl at all because like we really oh wanted yeah to see yeah that. that's true yeah yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely did. Um, and yeah, that because that was in Jan when it was quiet as well. And there was, yeah, yeah. we did absolutely didn't even get a sniff of that movie. No, um, true story. the other two were very, very limited releases. But uh, yeah, hopefully those other two. But yeah, at least we've actually got a date for Fantasy Island, which is nice. Mm, um, true story. Uh, next up, just a small one, but it's kind of uh, it's good to see at least some good ish news in the form of a. Uh, production being confirmed so netflix have confirmed that they are going to be uh doing a season two of lock and key um obviously i talked about it on the show and finished the series and enjoyed it um and it was nice to see this obviously officially confirmed it was a weird one that apparently like pre-production stuff had already kind of been posted about but then netflix hadn't really officially announced that they were going to make in it um until now so it's cool to obviously see that um interesting time to obviously uh <laughs> announce this because we're not seeing obviously so many productions think you know is halted right now mm. um so i think it's interesting for netflix to be like we're gonna announce this right now as like a good piece of news even though they're obviously not you know they're not in production right now because nothing's in production right now 
Um, but uh, yeah, are you sort of obviously with the with the lockdown stuff? Are you any closer to starting the show or not? Um, no, <laughs> I can't <laughs> say. I can't say that I'm that. Uh, everything you said about it, and until you started to synopsize the show, got me excited. Um, and then when I started to hear what it was about, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not digging my like super sci-fi right now. Like mm. I, I want me some true horror if, if I'm watching a TV show. Um, you know, I've got that walking dead stacking up that I might get to <laughs> one day. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, like I will, I will say just the dream catcher vibes is the thing that I think might interest you the most. Oh, um, but it is, yeah, it's very, you know, teen-friendly fantasy. That is what it is. And it is, I think it's enjoyable for what it was. And, and coming out of it, I would definitely say that I'd be down for a season two because, like what I said, there were so many things that they didn't really get to. And it was very much mm. like, we we hope we get to make more of this. And it's good that they get to make more of it. Um, but yeah, and then finally, on the news, it wouldn't be news right now without some good old delays. Mm. Um and sadly, this one's going to hurt you quite a bit. I know. Um, this is the lead story this week. <laughs> yeah. just, so, uh, of course, we talked about it last week where Lionsgate bit the bullet. And now this week, it's the turn for Sony um, because Sony mm. have basically pulled all of their theatrical releases for 2020 right now. Yeah. Um, the main two being Morbius and, of course, one Ghostbusters Afterlife. <sighs> it was going to be movie of the decade and now it's just not going to exist you know i you know if this movie now sucks i blame covid19 yeah i'm just saying <laughs> no, this movie, no other reason there, there's no other reason why this movie would would be bad other than that this was going to be movie of the decade oh yeah of you course know. i'm gonna it say might, the same thing for might, spiral yeah i mean it might have been better than upgrade that's all i'm saying <laughs> maybe um but yeah, so um, you can look forward to seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife, March 5th, 2021. <laughs> um, it's 12 months away. Followed by Morbius a year, um, a mere two weeks later. I am just um, going to have to have a sip of my whiskey to, for, my, for my fallen delayed movies. Yeah, you really should. Like, what is fascinating about the, obviously, the rescheduling as well is this is such like a video game type thing. It's funny that it's being so yeah, as well, like but like fiscal year. <laughs> yeah. Like make sure you sneak it into the fiscal year. Like cramming these movies into March with two weeks apart is so I like, don't, I don't really, I don't really understand that mindset for cinema no, because obviously a video all. game can sell a kajillion copies in a day because mm. it's however many copies they can make almost. Yeah. But like a movie, you can only get so many bums on seats in the last week of March that it's going to have a theatrical <laughs> run into April. So yeah. you're going to span the financial year anyway. So it, yeah, I mean, it feels like a placeholder. It feels like they're putting it there. It, it feels odd that they've got those two movies within what, two or three weeks of each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like this is not the first delay for one of these movies, at least. No, it is um, it's very odd. And while we're in the kind of the Sony block, um, kind of the Uncharted movie, which is apparently scheduled for March 2021, <laughs> has now been moved to October 2021. Um, of that course, never ne- coming out, bro. No, neither of us believe that's even a thing. And uh, rather interestingly, Untitled Sony Marvel Project, which was coming out, I believe, I October what that would be. <laughs> 2021, um, has been completely pulled from the release schedule, which oh. to me is probably the most saddest news out of all of this. Um, we'll get, we'll get wolverine soon bro don't worry <laughs> because yeah if that is the promised kind of third uh mcu spider-man movie then i'm absolutely devastated um so yeah that one it sucks i hope they around. told disney <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
because that's going to be a hard contract to get out of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it sucks. And I guess while we're in this, because we didn't mention it last week, and I think I think it got confirmed again as in typical uh, Super Horror Bros fashion just after we recorded. Um, but you mentioned before The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, obviously, the finale got delayed. Is that? Oh uh, right? no, we did. Yeah, we did talk about this, didn't we? Um, did we but talk yeah. About it? Yeah, well, we've definitely talked about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it yeah. The finale. The show. Oh, okay, yeah, the finale did did get uh, delayed. Um, but just the finale, which, right? Which is yeah. Odd. Which obviously, like I said, I haven't been watching yet. I, I I feel like I will just binge it in one one kind of session because yeah, I feel not? like I just have to at this point. Um, Seems like that's what uh, everyone does with that show. Like I know yeah. so many people who they don't watch it week to week, but when I say to them how they watched it, they're like, oh, you know, I'm on this part, I'm on this part. And then suddenly they just catch up like what you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the best way to watch it because if you mm. watch like three or four episodes, you might get like two good scenes. So Maybe, yeah, yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. But obviously they're, they're talking of this other bloody spinoff that's going to happen. Yeah. And so my, my gut feeling when they were all talking about this, what was that the finale was going to lead us into spinoff situation. And so, um, you know, the fact that they've delayed this kind of makes me think even more that that's the case because I just, because it must be done like it or, or almost done because why, mm. why is it up to that point? That's not done. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, I guess they, you know, obviously they are up against it, but um, as far as I know, they haven't even put a date on when it's going to be aired. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if they have last time, announced one. Last time I saw it, they did still say 2020, but they just said Yeah, but that's, that's madness. Year. And I just think, yeah. like, for one episode, um, it must be that they're trying to set something up majorly that then they want to go straight into it because kind of like Fear the Walking Dead happened that way where the, the season, there, there wasn't like a transition as such, but the season ended and then Fear the Walking Dead started while right. the hype was still there. And at that point, mm. there was actual hype still. And now there's no hype. And so they need to generate hype. So, yeah, I, I think that's why they've delayed it. But um yeah i can't say that i'm too worried either way <laughs> yeah like it's a weird one obviously because i don't i don't watch it anymore but if i was watching the show and i saw that all the episodes were airing except the finale i'd be majorly pissed off like i think it's a mm. bit of a joke to the fans yeah. if I'm being honest like to be like oh no especially announcing it when they announced it i think there were still two more episodes to air prior to the finale so they were saying like oh no still watch it week to week just know mm. that the continuation of i'm assuming there's a story that they're telling at this point um guess what you're not going to get the conclusion to that obviously granted the walking dead's never gonna bloody end anyway but you're not gonna get the conclusion to this season anytime soon um so yeah it's it's really a weird one like i say i think i gonna i you know what you and what you've said about it i agree with that and that sounds like a very valid theory because i can't see any other reason why you wouldn't just stop it all rather yeah, than say so. oh no everything else is done but the finale yeah that really needs to we need to let that we need to let that brew a bit longer like it's, it's a weird one for me mm. um but Definitely yeah, that is, is weird. that is the news this week. Uh, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it, man. Let's do Let's it. Let's talk about Bloodline. So yeah, as we mentioned top of the show uh a few reasons why this one was on our radar in fact um of course most notably the kind of the festival that never ends for us the gift mm. that keeps on giving um this was at fright fest last year um 
and it was one that was i remember you know we kind of do our typical you know when the when the schedule gets announced um and i really hope it goes ahead this year um but it's very up in the air right now um it's so fun seeing that schedule come out and just start reading about these movies that you've never even heard of before um so many gems across the uh, the the festival of course and this one was one that immediately stood out um, for one reason yeah definitely um so obviously this film is starring one sean william scott um which mm-hmm. we will get to him and his his, <laughs> his career um because... i i kind of want to just do a spin-off show right now talking about american pie movies I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> or that might be what this episode spirals into yeah we'll see yeah like dude where's my car um yeah but uh dude. no so obviously he was he was um in this horror movie which is like he's done a couple of more serious turns very infrequently um I mean, i've he? never i think like, so. not many yeah not many no but i i think but seeing him in like a in particularly a straight up horror movie is new to me anyway and i've um, never seen him in a serious role i'll be honest <laughs> No, I don't. No, um, I, I haven't seen him in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that they exist. Um, I don't know whether they do. I don't know whether he's ever done a serious role. To be honest, I'm sure. He, I'm sure there's something. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Even even when he's being half serious, he's got that little grin on his face. Which yeah, we'll true. Come to. Um, um, but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that obviously stood out, and it was on. I believe it was on the Sunday night in Prince Charles, um, which obviously yeah. based upon our schedule just wasn't good for us, um, which is a shame because it was at our favorite cinema, um, which we always love to see. Um, so that was a reason why it obviously stood out. And then secondly, this was kind of one that was on the back burner last year. And obviously when it happens, when these movies happen at the festival, we always keep an eye on them to see sort of when they get released, stuff like mm-hmm. Freaks and other stuff that we've obviously let you guys know when they are available. Um, and this one, I'm pretty sure it was earlier this year, but I remember just seeing it on netflix uk at one point yeah um these and, fright fest movies just do that to you man like yeah. when i just stumbled across horn and i was like hang on a second yeah yeah like it is it's cool it's fun in some ways you know it can be frustrating because we have the list of these movies and sometimes you kind of forget about them and then you look them up and you're like oh damn like this movie that i was interested in at fright fest yeah it's been out for just there just, just there on netflix um so this was cool it was a nice little thing we definitely as well we wanted to see a movie or and see more movies going forward in fact that are on streaming services because obviously we've talked a lot about these kind of movies that you rent digitally and i think right now is a good time where people are going to have these streaming services that they already pay for and they're going to want to see stuff on there because there's so much to choose from that is like definitely one of the biggest problems with netflix in general is the curation um yeah, where definitely. if you're not one of the one things that they want you to watch like right now it's like they want you to watch tiger king and if you're not watching tiger king there's nothing else they want you to watch <laughs> you know so like you you're not going to find anything else on the platform unless you search for it specifically um because i think and that is just a problem with netflix in general but uh so it's nice to obviously see this on there and, and get to check it out and see if it's worth watching um so yeah, that's pretty much it for this one. So what what is this movie about, other than the fact that it stars old Shawnee Boy? Uh, what is this movie about? Well, mm. uh, the one and only Sean William Scott. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> Next, um, it is um, uh, plays a character called Evan, and he's a high school counselor um, uh, by day and a <laughs> uh, brand new father by evening and serial killer by uh, nightfall yeah um fairly accurate description of his life 
Definitely. Um, he very much has these three stages of his day, and he seems yeah. to never sleep, which I appreciate. No, I respected that. Um, anything <laughs> more than anything, I respected his time management. Oh, yeah, his, could, work, his work ethic yeah, is unbelievable. Yeah, you know, he he was good at his job. He was competent as a father and husband. That's all you can aim for in life. And then <laughs> and then he was, you know, pretty prolific as a serial killer. So, yeah, he, yeah. Kind, of, he kind of ticked all boxes, really. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I kind of respect the hell out of this movie. That's the synopsis. Literally, yeah. uh, you need no more than that. <laughs> yeah, because ultimately, um, I think a lot of people that are going to watch this is for Sean. You know, like, make yeah. no bones about it. I think that it's not... There aren't going to be many people that just stumble upon this and be like, I don't know who this guy is, but I just want to watch this movie. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah, seeing definitely. him in this role that you wouldn't normally see him in, which is cool. Yeah, and so I think... Um, and obviously, as, as the movie unfolds, we get... Um, him basically um it's it's really heavily focused on him becoming a new father and kind of dealing with this um baby and kind of the stress that that gives and then his outlet of the stress is basically going for a drive i.e in the middle of the night sneaking out of his house to go kill someone mm. um we've all been there um and um can't do that right now though no no it's really frowned upon <laughs> you get arrested just for leaving your house <laughs> yeah. um and and yeah basically um he he kind of starts to select his victims from the the students that he's counseling and kind of um, it gave me kind of Dexter vibes, which anything that mm. gives me Dexter vibes, like I don't even know if I've ever spoken about Dexter on the show. No, I don't but, like, think you have. <laughs> my God, I loved that TV show back in the day. It's one that you never got onto, was it? You never, no. you never gelled with Dexter as a character. No. Um, but I bloody loved that show. The worst ending in almost <laughs> any TV show ever. I'm honestly, whenever I think about Dexter, I can't do anything other than get salty about the ending but i yeah. still love that show that bums um, me out so much because obviously there's a lot uh, of shows like that that exist like game of thrones obviously a lot of people feel that way now yeah. and obviously for years i've heard that about lost and i'm just i'm so thankful dexter, that my experience of lost dexter wasn't hands that. down is the most unsatisfying ending into a tv show i've ever experienced yeah that's so frustrating um, isn't it? it makes fan, me angry to the core it. yeah um but yeah, love Dexter. And this kind of gives me those vibes that he is selecting his victims from his day job. And he's kind of, you know, he's trying to do these kids some sort of backwards favor that if they have an abusive parent, he will hunt those down and kill them. So in his mind, you can kind of tell that he's justifying it that way. Um, they don't go too deep into that, but I do enjoy that as like this concept of these killers that, um, you know, we, we've seen it in a few of these movies where they're, they're, they're kind of trying to do some sort of like moral justice, not just kill for the sake of killing. You know, that is very Dexter-esque. And, and yeah, they definitely have vibes of that in this movie too. Mm. Um, but yeah, and and um, I guess I guess that's re really it for the synopsis. We start to kind of obviously, um, he, he kind of starts to spiral out of control as we get later into this movie where he is kind of, killing more frequent and getting a bit more sloppy and, and kind of getting more people kind of suspecting. And, um, that's where the movie really starts to heat up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that's it for a synopsis. Hmm. Um, what did you think of, uh, this little on demand release? Yeah. Like this was a really interesting one for me, like coming out of it now, I'm I'm pretty torn because there was so many aspects of this movie that I really appreciated and really liked. Um, I really thought that the intro was great and mm -hmm. kind of like the first third in particular, like the stuff that you've pretty much discussed really, like the stuff that's setting up 
really, really liked. I liked the fact that he had this routine that he was trying to stick with and live with. Mm. And I thought that um, him as a social worker was a really interesting aspect to this movie. Yeah. Um, and it was immediately kind of like, oh, okay, you can see that he's almost got this, um, this, this free reign to kind of find these psychopaths, you know, mm. where it's like a kid will be saying, you know, oh, my stepdad, you know, beats me up, beats my mom up and all this stuff. And you kind of like, oh, okay, like Evan's just going to go and mess these guys up. And um, I really appreciated that because it was very much, it was a very simple thing to follow. Um, that I think like was always going to be satisfying because you knew that these guys like deserved it. Um, so I really liked all that. I thought it was interesting, the whole dynamic of he's got this newborn. And so he's kind of trying to deal with that. Um, Mm. and he's kind of got this, this relationship with his mother, which obviously becomes like a very big aspect of the movie, Mm -hmm. um, was like, it was okay to begin with. I was like, okay, it seems like they're going to do a lot with this because there was, there was hints of flashbacks early on. And yeah it was very clear that this was going to be something that the movie was going to go into. But at, at the start, I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's fine for what it is now. Um, later on, I don't, I don't really think that stuff was that interesting. And um, that's definitely where my opinion on the movie starts to change a little bit because, um, you know, this is very briefly because we will go in depth into the more stuff I did enjoy in the first half in particular. But kind of as the movie transitions away from that set routine and it isn't just about evan dealing with these kids problems and his kind of own issues as a father it then becomes more about the family as a whole and less Mm. um less of kind of an impact on evan himself as an individual and i get why they did that and it makes more sense you know i can see what they're going for they're trying to make this cohesive movie where everyone isn't just a background character to evan they are these fully fleshed out characters but for me is my enjoyment of the movie. I actually did enjoy it more when it was just Evan's story that they were telling. Um, and everyone else was kind of centered around him in his world, as opposed to like, no, let's really dig into what's going on with his mom and that sort of stuff. Um, so I, I think for me, it kind of, it definitely became less interesting when the impact wasn't on Evan as much. Um, and I, I wasn't a big fan of the direction it went, especially going into the finale. It was kind of like, I was kind of waiting for the movie to be over at that point um, because it very much felt like, oh, okay, I get where you're going with this now. Like, let's kind of just move on from this. Um, but I had a really good time in the first half. And I think that's this is one of those movies we talk about a lot where if you don't like the ending of a movie, it will obviously sour mm. you. Um, mm. And and I didn't like the ending of this movie, just flat out. But I still really, really enjoyed a lot of aspects to this. We'll get into kind of the performances and that sort of stuff as well. But just as my overall thoughts, like I am very torn on this movie because I really liked the first half. And then I just thought the second half was pretty dull and predictable and didn't go in a direction that I wanted the film to go in. Um, so I was pretty torn. Um, what, what did you think sort of overall? Yeah, I think I'm pretty torn, but in different ways, I think. So... Um the movie definitely has a strong opening and I think throughout this movie, when we get to kind of the kills and the violence, there's, there's some real, there's some good stuff there. There's some good kills in this movie. It is very violent. Um, this movie knows how to deliver a throat slash in particular. Um, savage, real savage. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, um, obviously we'll go into Sean William Scott at some point and his performance and everything, but the opening kind of, 10 or 15 minutes of this movie that I should have been enjoying quite a bit because it was all good stuff. I was super distracted that I was looking at kind of stiffler. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Like it took me a real long time to get out of that mindset. And Hmm. when he was interviewing the students every now and then there'd just be like a little smile appear on his face. And I just expected him to like pull out a stiffler comment. I just couldn't do it. I don't know what my problem was. It was obviously my, you know, it's my problem, but I just couldn't, I couldn't get away from it for the longest time. Um, Mm. 
and as the movie um kind of um progressed i kind of you know a lot of my issues is with with evan and kind of he's very dry in a kind of not a super charismatic way he he's just kind of you know monotone and i didn't i didn't fall in love with 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 any with with that really um massively and i think kind of um i enjoyed i enjoyed kind of the story that they were given way more than 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 evan himself um and i think like i say it was probably um two things really obviously being not being able to take sean william scott seriously for the longest time and mm. also just having this dexter preconception in my mind where i kind of wanted him to be more like that character right. um so i did struggle on both of those elements um i think like when we actually got to the the final third and and kind of um I, I do agree with you that I looked at this movie when I was an hour in and I really thought I had 10 minutes left. Yeah. Um, and I was like, whoa, I've got half an hour of this. Like, I really feel like it was coming to a head. And then it kind of spent 20 minutes kind of meandering and not doing a lot. We kind of have mm. some police involvement and it just kind of doesn't go oh, anywhere yeah, for a while. When they yeah. had this like detective character was when I really started. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like a whole 25 minute section where Evan's yeah. not really killing anyone everyone's kind of starting to get suspicious and we know that this movie's going to have a finale <laughs> all movies yeah. do and it just took too long to get there um but when it actually got there i wasn't that disappointed with it i i kind of enjoyed the final moments that they left us with so it didn't leave a bit of taste in my mouth for the ending um yeah but but yeah it was i think you know, it it was by no stretch of the imagination a bad movie. It was quite an enjoyable, you know, movie at times. It's one of those that is just kind of one of these fair to good ones that, that I, I appreciate, um, but I'm never going to be kind of singing from the rooftops, get on Netflix and watch this. Um, yeah. I think, like, that. that's where I'm at with it, that, um, you know, for everything this movie did right, you know, I'd, I'd say that, you know, it, it does better than most for every kind of, you know, two or three things it does right, it then does one bad thing. And so, you know, overall, it probably, you know, it, it did it did tip the scales to kind of, you know, more wins than losses. But, um, yeah, it's, it is an interesting one, isn't it? Because I feel like mm. with with so many of these movies that we watch, it was, it was almost 80% to something a lot more. I really enjoyed the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah. was one of the things. It just kind of had this great um, theme throughout and just kind of when it played i re i really enjoyed that i think you know there really is a lot to enjoy from it i just think and especially for kind of comparing it to kind of a lot of indie movies we see this this is a this is a good one it's just that i, I felt like it was real close to being you know one of these special ones and i feel like that we say that a lot with these indie mm. movies but i feel like that that's the that's kind of the the thing that we're chasing and and we get so close quite often and uh yeah this one's another one that it does fall short for me yeah it definitely felt bigger than a lot of the ones we see like what was hmm. interesting was when this movie started and it had the Bloomhouse logo slapped on the front yeah that was odd that, yeah because like this to my knowledge this didn't get a theatrical release i don't think anywhere really outside of very limited stuff like it's like you can't really find box office figures or anything but yeah, obviously uh, i've got a figure of uh thirty six thousand dollars 
Okay, so maybe it was in like a couple. Yeah, like very so, shortly. So, but yeah, like, so this is not your normal Bloomhouse production. No, because like it's got you know a, a, it's got an actor in it that people know, and it's got the Bloomhouse logo slapped upon it, and that's usually enough for them to be like you know if it's is it under that five million dollar budget tick right? Let's shove it in cinemas and see what we can make off it. Um, mm. So it's, it is wild to me that this went really under the ra- under the radar the way it did. Um, but you know, I, I kind of echo what you said about the movie. Really, like, definitely the violence was something that stood out a lot to me. Mm. Um, those early bits were very, very good. Like you say, they know how to do a throat slit in really well. Um, my one negative for that was that just the way they shot it, in particular, a couple of times, they really zoomed in on the person's face that it was happening to, and yeah. the person had to act like they were dying and then dead for too long to me, where it just looked a bit silly. Um, where it was like the actual effect looked awesome, but it was very hard for the actor to portray like, okay, I'm dying from a from a throat slit for like 20 seconds. Do you know what, I'm, do you know what I mean? Like it yeah, should have been you mean. They, shorter. They knew it looked so long. It looked so good. They were like, yeah. could you could you die for 10 more seconds? Because yeah. this, looks, this looks awesome. Um, yeah, and then it took and, away and, from the actual effect of it. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes less is more. Yeah, which is weird because normally, like you say, we want to see that stuff, and it's mm. not, it's not that it looked bad. It was just genuinely more like a. It's almost impossible for any actor to make that believable for how long they kept on the shot without cutting away. Yeah. There was um, one character that got stabbed a lot of times and still <laughs> took a good ten or fifteen seconds to die after it. <laughs> yeah, that's that happens a lot in this movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, like the main thing being that performance of Sean. Um, I think yeah, getting right into it. Like it's interesting you say that about the whole being distracted because um i thought i would be and i really mm. wasn't um but i really I believed him straight away <laughs> really where i was like yep it's it's an older sean he's got a beard now he's a dad and he's a serial killer i'm, I'm all in on this like and i really dug his performance throughout most of it really like i agree with you that um overall it's more the character that i have a problem with that i think early on I like that he's supposed to be this very calm and collected guy who's kind of like putting on a happy face. You know, he's mm. that typical, like, I'm, I have my job, I have my wife, I have my family. I'm supposed to be happy, but I'm clearly not. And so he's just putting on that happy face for the world yeah. while inside he has just this boiling rage. And um, I think he did that effectively. But the problem is that's kind of it. That's, that is the character for the whole movie. Yeah, um, and so it really makes him anywhere. very dry and one-dimensional, doesn't it? Yeah, especially in that finale when they're trying to give you these revelations, they're trying to make it more about his family and not just him. And I feel like the the movie's trying to become more dynamic and more past just he's a he's a guy who goes and kills people at night because that's not what the movie ends up being. Um, his character does stay exactly the same, and I I don't blame him for it. It is more just like the movie itself. I think I think sometimes you get something in your head that then you you kind of want more than what the movie's given you. Mm. And the second this movie started, obviously I've spoken about Dexter, but it was also like American Psycho as well, where yeah. I they're playing this super straight kind of um, dull character that's trying to blend into society. That's that's kind of his ultimate goal. And I kind of wanted like an inner monologue. Where I was going to say, of, is, did you um, want an inner monologue? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really did. Because I, I kind of <laughs> felt like him just like explaining it. And I really feel like Sean could have had some fun with that a little bit more. Mm. Like I don't expect a stiffler in a monologue, but I feel like <laughs> that little bit more of a you know, he'll be given some sort of really boring advice and he's like, I'm going to kill this guy later. Like, I'm going to go get, you know, just kind of like give us this little bit of, you know, more, um, I don't necessarily, you know, it doesn't even have to be comedic. It can be yeah. like, like Dexter was very, um, you know, there was a, a little bit tongue in cheek, but it was really just giving you that insight to their mind a little bit more. Um, 
And I think that was what I kind of hankered on to early. And then I kind of felt myself craving that, that I wanted more about this character that on screen was quite one dimensional. Yeah, it's interesting whether they shied away from something like that because of who they got where they really wanted and especially i imagine the reason why sean took the role was because he didn't want any sort of comedy and even though that's not what you're saying but i agree with you that kind of like that tongue-in-cheek way that kind of patrick bateman talks about the murders like if he done something like that would it Mm. become even even just adding a slight bit of comedy would it go too far because it's sean that, that would so like obviously you haven't watched much dexter but dexter is pretty much played straight even in a monologue but there is the odd mm-hmm. kind of quip and kind of tongue-in-cheek comment and i think because it's still straight it doesn't kind of it doesn't come across as um you know too comedic but it kind of just gives you the subtle laugh and i think kind of i think with with sean in this role the second he says something it's going to be more over the top than bateman yeah <laughs> um so yeah it is difficult yeah like it's it is a, this movie this movie overall was interesting to me and i think coming out mm. of it now like i'm glad i watched it because obviously it was one of those ones that was definitely on my radar from fright fest um and it being on netflix was a, was definitely great you know i'm glad this wasn't like some big release or whatever um mm. But yeah, like I'm glad I watched it because it was something that I wanted to sh- to see uh, Sean in. Obviously, we talked about it at the start of the show, but I definitely consider myself a fan of his. Um, yeah, definitely. From those kind of those early comedies a long, long time ago. Like he was very, very good. And we've talked about it before on the show where I think I've said before a lot really where like I just don't think comedy actors get the credit they deserve because it's, it nice. is acting is, and it's as valid as any form of acting. Um, and so like I like seeing actors do this. Not that I think they necessarily need to do it. Um, but I like them to kind of prove that, like, no, I'm not just a one-trick pony. And especially mm. when someone like him, who his style of comedy was something that isn't is fairly outdated, shall we say, nowadays. Um, yeah. And it's harder to do when you become older as well. Like, he can't always play those types of roles. No. Um, so it's cool to see him do different stuff. So I, I consider that a success in terms of his performance was kind of what I wanted from the movie. And I'm glad I watched it for that. The mo- the movie overall is is good, but it is quite forgettable. Um I think going into, I guess, recommendations, like it's difficult, right? Because of what you said mm. at the start of the show where you have to judge everything based upon what it is. And it was it was on Netflix, a, a platform we already subscribed to. Yeah. Um, you know, what was it worth my time? It was worth my time. Um, I definitely mm. got bored towards the end. Um, definitely once they kind of introduced the detective character, like you mentioned, was when I really started to switch off. I found mm. him completely dull and, and uninteresting. He was like one of, like that character in general, I think is very hard to do in movies mm. and make interesting. Um, but he was one of the worst for sure. Like I just found him to be completely soul sapping in every scene yeah. it was just so boring i mean um, i think that's like a lot of the characters um you know they're all just as soon as you start to scrape the surface they really just the actors don't have a lot to go with like this this no, cop it's a very is damaged just, movie, isn't it, yeah this cop is just nothing like he just yeah. rocks up and has nothing to do apart from deliver those lines and leave yeah and <laughs> um that's exactly what happens unfortunately yeah um, yeah, and I don't know how, as an actor, you could possibly do more than that with what was given. Um, no, definitely. Yeah, so, for sure. So, you know, it is, it is difficult. Um, but, yeah, I think, for me, I think, um, you know, we're in lockdown right now. A lot of people are trying to crave and find horror movies. I think this mm. is worth a watch. You know, if you've, if you've got um, a ton of, you know, high quality movies you know but right now you know if you're in lockdown and you want to watch something you could do a lot worse than this movie it's got a lot of enjoyable things to it it's something a bit different we don't see this often Mm. and like i said i super enjoy this kind of as we started to get into the final act 
to this movie, you you're kind of rooting for him to kind of come come good, aren't you? You, you just you don't yeah. want him to kind of get arrested and everything else. He's not like this overtly horrible killer like you watch the devil's rejects and um you know that they they do the most despicable things to innocent people in the world you know um mm. that you've ever seen whereas like he is hunting down horrible people and kind of living this family life and you kind of like oh we just you know he can carry on right like yeah you know we've all got our faults <laughs> yeah it's cool when those types of movies have that level of catharsis yeah. where they're very early on being like he is the guy that you're supposed to root for because he is yeah. going after bad people um but yeah, I agree with you. Like, I, I would say this is very much like a soft recommend, and it is like, a, like what you said, really. Where if you if you really want new movies to watch, I do think it's worth watching. And mm-hmm. like I say, I'm glad I watched it. Um, yeah, it, me too. You know, overall, when going into this, when I kind of saw it at Fright Fest, and I obviously had very high hopes because I liked seeing Sean in something different. You know, did it completely knock it out of the park? And it was this kind of like insane serial killer movie with Sean. No, it wasn't that. Um, but I still enjoyed his performance a lot, and I still think the movie overall was very interesting. Um, so yeah, like it's an interesting one. Like it's not something that I'll massively remember going forward. I've got um, um, I've got yeah. a question for you. Did you did you find him menacing? throughout the movie um in 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 his role kind of when he was stalking people and that did did you find him kind of intimidating i i did and i really liked the intensity from him um especially kind of he really plays it hard doesn't he like that that his he just doesn't break his facial yeah like especially not when he's doing the killing but in the other two aspects of his life when he's doing the counseling and the family Mm. life he still has that same level of intensity, which I think is hard to capture because mm. obviously if you're like in the full, like I've got a knife in my hand and I'm doing crazy stuff, it's kind of, I think easier to portray that. But when he's like holding his baby and soothing that and then talking to his uh, partner, those are the scenes that I think is harder to maintain that intensity. Yeah. And I think he did a really good job of it. Um, I think it was the counseling scenes for me more than anything because yeah. he's, he's sat so close to these people way mm. too close. And he's just like <laughs> staring into their soul. And I'm just like, and they're just staring at his perfectly manicured beard. And they're just, <laughs> it was just all a bit kind of like intense really. And I was just like, I, I, yeah, I found him menacing in those scenes more than I did him actually doing the killing. Yeah, I did as well. Um, yeah. You know, when he was doing it, he, he like at one point he he stabs a guy like a good thirty times in in thirty seconds. Like it was it was quite an intensive workout. Like mm. what he did there, <laughs> yeah. it was a little unnecessary. But I like that kind of calm until the very last second, and then he just mm. goes nuts for like thirty seconds, and then retains composure, just absolutely covered in blood. Like it yeah. was. I kind of like the more I think of it, I, I just feel like I want this as a TV show. Like, yeah, I just want this as like you know the, the new Dexter. <laughs> maybe I just want, yeah. maybe I just need to rewatch Dexter. <laughs> I think, I think you really do, based upon how many times <laughs> you brought it up. Um, but yeah, like it's on now, Netflix, now you br- right? <laughs> now, you br- now you bring up those scenes. Like, I just. I do get frustrated with this movie because it reminds me of these scenes that I really, really mm. enjoy. Yeah, and exactly. I was, I was genuinely really, really invested in this movie in the first half of it. And the fact that it did lose me by the end of it is disappointing. But um, mm. yeah, there's still plenty here to enjoy for sure. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of Bloodline. We'll take a short break and we will be right back.
So yeah, we do have a little bit of listener feedback, of course. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, uh, you can tweet us at shbpod. Um, or if you want to send us a longer email, it's superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, just a, a short one here to follow up from uh, what Sean was saying last week when we had our conversation about... He was asking us how much sort of horror anime slash manga had we watched. Mm. Um, and obviously, uh, I'd said, you know, like, big fan of Death Note, really. But other than that, I just... I was very... Um, what's the word kind of overwhelmed um, because it's very hard to kind of decipher through it. Like it's such a massive world um, that I've never been a part of really. I always think about that because obviously we discuss like video games quite a bit. And I think that mm. if you're just someone who's like getting into that, it's like, God, it must be hard to kind of find out like what is the good stuff, you know, yeah. what is the stuff you should be spending your time on? Um, but uh, no, thank you very much, Sean. Cause he sent us a very comprehensive list of kind of things that he recommends. And um yeah i really appreciate it well I, i'm definitely gonna be using this like i already looked up a couple of the ones that you mentioned and um <laughs> the one that caught my eye the most is actually on netflix uk as well um nice. which is awesome so yeah i'm definitely gonna uh we'll t- we're talking about it in the coming weeks because obviously we have a lot of uh free time so i'm definitely gonna dig into these um, yeah, yeah and definitely thanks for like it was such a comprehensive kind of you know little bit of a synopsis and everything so it was, it was awesome to give us yeah. some sort of starting point to look at yeah, I greatly appreciate it, like you say, because, um, yeah, just don't know anything about it. You know, like I watched Death Note. I don't, I don't even know where Death Note became a thing to me when I first watched it, really. Like I heard a bit about it and it's just one of those things that I picked up from, I guess, other podcasts where people are like, you got to watch Death Note. And um, mm. yeah, you, you, you've got to watch Death Note, Mike. Like it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch Death Note. I just don't really want the episodic thing right now. Like mm. a couple of the suggestions were more of, I think they were just more of a one-off feature and I'm, I'm just way more into that sort of thing right now i just feel yeah. like checking things off uh you know grinding out the days that's that's where i'm at <laughs> yeah fair enough um <laughs> but yeah speaking of that um i have watched a movie in the last week that we talk about um one that we've discussed a couple of times in parson and how it was kind of one of my biggest kind of uh, overlooked movies really where somehow it. i'd never seen it <laughs> and uh yeah last night in fact i finally watched the lost boys um nice which was a hell of an experience to finally sit down and watch it. Um, mm. It was it was surreal watching it because um, obviously I've I know a lot about it about the movie yeah. at this point and um, you know seen stills, know the cast and that sort of thing. And you, um, so you you weren't surprised when um, they were vampires. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. Okay. I was like, oh, okay, when are we when are we going to get to the old uh, neck biting? But um, <laughs> no, like it, it's weird because it was weirdly familiar. You know, it was like I was seeing yeah. these characters. I was seeing Keitha looking like Keitha in that movie. And, um, <laughs> and and seeing those vampires kind of do their thing but actually sit down and actually see it within context and properly watch it um mm. and yeah it was it was so much fun like i think the biggest takeaway from it was the fact that um we discuss a lot about these 80s stuff in particular um you know we re- we revisit 80s movies we watch 80s movies for the first time and then of course like the 80s renaissance the kind of love and nostalgia for it is at an all-time high right now um with stuff like stranger things obviously most notably and um watching lost boys is fascinating because when you watch a lot of movies that are actually came out in the 80s you see the elements of things that people pick and choose and remember but i feel like there isn't that one movie that kind of nails everything that you remember about the 80s um yeah and then when you watch stranger things obviously that stuff's turned up to 11 because that is what the show is it's oh like every, hello it's like every hairstyle has to look like it. <laughs> that was that was completely not even on purpose no, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh the um you know everything is like the hairstyles the music everything right and um yeah watching 
Lost Boys was that in a weird way, where of course it is because it was set in the 80s. But like you see a lot of movies in the 80s where you go, oh, maybe this could pass the 70s or maybe it could pass to something slightly more modern. But it's like, no, everything about this, the way it looks immediately, the kind of the over the topness of it, the, the soundtrack is incredible. Like I yeah. absolutely adored it. Like I will be listening to it after watching this movie for sure. Um, that was definitely my favorite thing. <laughs> I down. think I think it's I think it is most the imagery and like the, yeah. the way the characters look and the way they dress. It was a it was a very niche moment in time that people mm. were, were kind of looking exactly like that the hairstyles yeah. the, the outfits and everything that and they they're dressed like that for the entire movie so you yeah. know you'll have a you'll have a scene where like you know you watch prom night and when they all go to prom like it looks super 80s what they're dressed yeah. like uh, but you know they're not like that for the whole movie whereas yeah, yeah lost boys you know you um you, you know they they look like that for the whole goddamn movie and so you just yeah it just oozes 80s yeah, because most of it's set on that boardwalk as well, which is so exciting because it is just people in the 80s going out and having fun. And so that's why it's like everyone's dressed to the gills because they want to show off and it's got that exciting music. And it's just it really is like it's it was that was the biggest thing that stood out to me. of like, of course, it's a no brainer because it's in the 80s. But it's like it comes across more as like a thing that's trying to be like the 80s, if that makes sense. But it was like, no, yeah, this was, I know what you mean. This was the movie. You know, that was just the way they looked and the way they talked to each other. And it's like it is weird watching it post stuff like stranger things. Cause you're like, my God, like stranger things would not exist without this movie. <laughs> so for, for the longest time, like um, when I, when I'd kind of seen this movie, I always mm. thought it was a throwback movie more, yeah, like more than a bit in the more, moment movie. Yeah. yeah. Like an early nineties movie that was playing yeah. homage, like one of the first movies to play homage to it. Cause it really <laughs> yeah. does feel that way when you're watching it. Yeah. And obviously like the cast, there's like so many faces from the eighties that pop mm. up, which is like super exciting. But yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it like a lot. It was really, really awesome. It's a good um, time. It was a shame that it was just, I had to just rent it. Cause obviously we talked about it where there isn't like a, no, there's I not a definitive. Up, yeah. No, cause like it's definitely a movie we know where I know it has this fanfare and love and I want to see mm. like the cast and the director and obviously like the fans and everything yeah. talk about this movie. Joel um, Schumacher, man, he's made some movies. Yeah he really has like it was interesting to see because there was obviously i've seen other movies of his and there was so many things that stood out in particular the way he shot like the action and kind of like when they're at the start when they're like swooping in and picking people up it was very much it was reminiscent of his other movies um how much did it remind you of uh arnold schwarzenegger as mr freeze oh all the time for sure yeah and, and that that makes both of us happy <laughs> yes a seminal a seminal film for us growing up but we'll save that for another podcast um <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that's really, really enjoyable. Um, have you have you seen anything in the past week, mate? Have I seen anything? <laughs> I was going to say, like, what, what have you seen anything that's relevant for the show? And and how many movies slash games have you been playing slash watching in the past week? I imagine it's quite a lot. Um, yeah, I've been doing. I've been doing a lot, bro. <laughs> I've um, I've been taking some deep dives. Um, and a little a little um avenue I went down was was also revisiting the eighties. Nice. Um. I watched me some Basket Case. Oh, that's always good. Damn right it is. <laughs> yeah, I watched me Basket Case one and two. I'll probably watch three tonight. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was good times, man. Like mm. you, you gotta love Basket Case. Yeah. Um, I think like the. I love how kind of what I, I literally watched the first one and then I watched the second one the next night. Um, and kind of how these movies just go from kind of the first movie is insane, but it's kind of played as like one of these, you know, the, these classic kind of eighties movies where they're these super insane ideas, but they play them deadpan straight. So you've just got, you know, 
yeah, you've got you've got um, you've got Dwayne um, carrying around his brother Belial in a basket, killing people, <laughs> killing the doctors that separated them uh, in childhood because they didn't want to be separated, and mm-hmm. that is insane. You look at kind of what. Um, you know w- what he looks like and everything else it's just it, it looks like it's played for laughs but it, the movie's played like pretty goddamn seriously and i loved i, I loved that they did that mm. um and then kind of suddenly you go into the second one i didn't realize that there was like an eight-year gap between one and two and was the it? second yeah and the second one um just straight up goes to Oh, okay. There's now a ton of people that have got like it's almost like a um, this this lady is basically um, kind of got a home for these kind of freaks that that have got these deformities, and she kind of uh, pick, it picks up where the movie the first movie um, leaves, where it looks like Belial has kind of killed Bradley, and kind of like a, it looks like a suicide where he kind of falls out the window, and the two of them hit the ground, and the, the second movie picks up. Um, straight away from them being kind of scooped up and taken to hospital, not dead. And I was like, my God, is this like a year later or something? And I started, and I was like, nah, this guy looks older. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's an eight year gap. Um, and yeah, I love, I love how just zany it gets instantly, the second movie. Um, and just kind of, I remember where the third one goes and I can't wait to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen these movies? I can't remember. Like you've seen I've bits seen, of them, right? Yeah. I've, I think I've seen the first one, but it was ages ago. Yeah. Like, I can barely yeah. remember anything about it. Cause I don't know why I've always been a fan of these. Mm. And, um, and yeah, like, um, I, I think they, like they, they are kind of one of these kind of just, like you say, these these quintessential eighties movies. It just wouldn't get made now. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, my god, it, it's a good time. I can't wait to watch the third one. Yeah, it's a reasonably nice little trilogy Blu-ray as well. Like I haven't I looked at the special features the, yet. The yeah, on it. yeah, it's kind of like this, just like um, normal looking Blu-ray case. It's got all three single disc in it, and um, right. yeah, I have to have a look at the features. They 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 seem fairly feature light, but I, mm. I enjoyed the. Um, the presentation of it obviously like i'm super frustrated because arrow have got an absolutely lovely looking basket case uh that had like the enamel pin and everything um but it's us only right huh um so yeah it's one of the few yeah it's one of the few us only kind of Hmm. arrow releases that i'm super jealous of yeah, because there's not many. Like, we no, have way more exclusive for us. No, exactly. It was one of the other... I can't think what it was now, but it was one of the other known um, UK distributors that have put this out. And it's a decent oh, presentation, right. but yeah, it's just not quite that arrow where, um, yeah, I've seen the... I've, I've been tempted to try and get the 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 US one, but I just don't even know if I can watch, have something to watch it on. Um, yeah. But yeah, Fright Fest a couple of years back, they had the enamel pins there. And I yeah, wish I'd I just picked that. one of those up now, but yeah <laughs> never mind yeah uh, is that pretty much all you've been watching then um pretty much of note for the podcast yeah yeah um fair enough yeah catching up on a lot of tv and a lot of non-horror movies yeah fair enough uh of course in the video game sphere we have the big one coming very soon uh, oh i hope we do man like i'm so <laughs> worried that the physical copies are going to get delayed yeah, well, mine has apparently been dispatched. Um, oh, so I haven't had fingers crossed shit. for that one. 
he's standing so sad. <laughs> Checks his emails. <laughs> um, I, I'm currently checking my emails. Uh, I'll be yeah, checked out for the rest of the podcast. Talking about, of course, Resident Evil 3, um, which comes yeah. out this Friday. And uh, yeah, just cannot wait, man. Like, it's exactly what we need right now. Like, we need this big game that I was looking forward to. That, of course, like in the movie sphere, everything is like so up in the air right now. But it's weird mm. that in video games, it's pretty much business as usual. Um, like, games for now. still, yeah, for now, for sure. Like, obviously, yeah. production's going to be messed up. Um, but like, I think it was what was it, Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing both yeah. came out a couple of weeks back and like they came out normally. Um, I mean, it makes perfect sense though. We're all at home, like, yeah. you know. I was going to say that games like, out. it is the perfect time obviously with Resident Evil like the last two have sold pretty well for Capcom mm. um so hopefully RE3 is is like prime position where everyone's at home and they're going to want to play a new game and so hopefully everyone will pick it up um which is always awesome but yeah I just cannot wait at this point it's so close and I just hope it's hope it's what I want it to be because I have such high you know memories of Resident Evil 3 and mm. There are certain things that, like, if they change story-wise, will irk me as a fan, and I'll try not to be so I protective just, over it. I, I know, I, I just, I know it's going to be. I know they're going to smash it. Oh, I, really? I are you that confident? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just don't. I, yeah, I don't know why. I just don't have reservations about it. I'm just yeah. like, I just feel like it's going to be sick. Like that, they kind of rolled straight off to two into three. They didn't have time mm. to second guess themselves. They didn't have Hopefully, time yeah. to to kind of you know try to do anything more because like you know three i don't want them to make three into a 25 hour kind of no. you know uh you know rpg i just want them to remake three and i want that to be my six hour experience that i loved in in a way that i can now replay it multiple times yeah and i think that's what they're gonna do yeah hopefully we'll we'll be talking about that one very soon for sure um mm-hmm. But yeah, in the movie space, once again, we don't really know what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. Um, it might be all... a Resident Evil 3 podcast, I'm not yeah, going to lie. <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, it's all up in the air right now, obviously. We have a few things that are kind of on the back uh, burner, um, which we'll be checking. And obviously, if it, hopefully, some things shadow, shadow drop. Like, we're obviously dreaming, but like <laughs> that's the dream every week, is like, please just let us drop one of these movies that we're looking forward to. Yeah. Um, we're not asking so... for much, just Quiet Place Part 2. Yeah, like I, I literally had a dream about it the other day and it was so depressing. Like, because I genuinely woke up and thought it was real that I had a dream that they put it on demand and like checked Aww. all the services and it just wasn't there. And I was oh, like, oh my depressing. God, is this is this my life now that I'm dreaming about movies coming out on demand? Like, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, we'll talk, we'll be talking about something next week. That's for damn we sure. We will. Um, we'll <laughs> find yeah. something. Until then, uh, that was episode 190. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone.